guys, how's it going? This is Hub, and I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Teen Titan Wasteland. This is episode 51, which means in one week we will have been doing this show for a whole year. Hope you've been enjoying it. I had a pretty fun week. We went up to Crater Lake, which is a pretty rad place. Deepest lake in America. Just saying. On the way there, I noticed there were a lot of people driving those really lame three-wheeled motorcycles that have like two wheels in the back. Come on, guys. You're like one tire away from driving a Miata. It's fine if you want to do that, but it's not really a motorcycle. I think if you're driving one of those, you should be forced by law to get a bumper sticker for the back. You can choose which one you want, but it has to be one of these two. It has to say either, ask me about my collectible swords, or my other helmet is a fedora. Like I said, you can choose which one you want, but you gotta have one of those if you're gonna drive one of those lame-ass three-wheeled motorcycles. Anyway, that is entirely irrelevant to the issue we're going to talk about today, so let's get into it, shall we? Today's synopsis rhyme is submitted by Coop Bolton. This hero team has no cyclopsis. Now hurry up and listen to this synopsis. I don't know if you could tell, but I was about to launch into King of New York from Newsies. I didn't, though. It just was reminiscent uh, of it. It's a pretty good movie. Bill Pullman kind of Henry Higgins his way through a song there pretty good. It's not bad. Bill Pullman's pretty charming. Anyway, thanks, Coop. Teen Titans number 47, April 1977. Trouble, which rhymes with double. Written by Bob Rosakis, drawn by Bob Brown, with inks by Tex Blaisdell. Teen Titan Roll Call. Robin, Aqualad, Wonder Girl, Mao, Speedy. Kid Flash, the Joker's daughter. Man, sure is weird how similar New York City is to Gotham City. It's almost as though one of them was a fictional city designed to resemble the other one, which is an actual city. Weird. Well, right now the two cities have even more in common than they usually do, because similar-looking costumed crooks are carrying out similar crimes in their respective cities. In New York, an exhibition of valuable stamps is getting ripped off, while in Gotham, an exhibition of fake valuable stamps is getting ripped off. Huh. The second one seems like a weird crime. Also, a weird exhibition to have. Gotham must have a real inferiority complex. Fortunately, a foursome of titans show up in Gotham to foil the felons from filching the philatelic forgeries. Huh? I'm very proud of that alliteration. It seems the Joker's daughter got some kind of telepathic flash that this weird-ass robbery was about to go down. So now I guess the scary clown lady who looks like Nancy Reagan can read people's minds. Oh good. Kid Flash attacks the guy with the big red cape and the hat that looks like a fire-shaped crown. The fashion-forward crook introduces himself as Flame Splasher. Intimidating. I guess Fire Frolicker was already taken. Actually, I kind of like the name Fire Frolicker. Anyway, Flame Splasher blasts fire out of his wrist at Wally, which makes the teen speedster spin around in a circle until he gets tired and falls asleep. Fair enough. Next up, Joker's daughter and Wonder Girl team up to fight the lady who is dressed like the female Dr. Light from the 80s Justice League, which, if you haven't read that stuff, it's fucking great. Go read the 80s Justice League. Her name is Dark Light, but instead of just making the Titans stoner posters look cool, she envelops her attackers in a cloud of darkness. Unable to see, the crime fighters flail about wildly and knock each other out. Which I guess means that the scary telepathic clown lady who looks like Nancy Reagan is apparently a physical match for someone who can pick up mountains. This just keeps getting better. 
Robin fights the remaining villain, Sizomatic, who looks like Dr. Polaris but with a big target painted on his chest. Sizomatic grows to double his size and backhands the shit out of Robin. The crooks of a moose with the fake stamps. Bummer. Back on Long Island. In Long Island? The remaining titans are renovating Gabriel's Horn, the discotheque they are going to use as their new secret headquarters. Hey guys, when you're doing construction work on your secret headquarters, maybe don't wear your superhero costumes. Just a thought. Aqualad starts feeling sick and heads inside. Speedy and Mal figure he probably just needs some water. After a while, the rest of the titans show up with news of the drubbing they have just received at the hands of a bunch of scrubs wearing fancy hats. Suddenly, Joker's daughter gets another one of those psychic premonitions about a robbery, this one in New York. This time, the crooks have their sights set on an autograph collection featuring a rare signature of Button Gwinnett. Button Gwinnett? The best-named dude who signed the Declaration of Independence? Shit, I kind of want to steal that myself. The creepy psychic clown lady leads Mal, Aqualad, and Speedy to the scene of the robbery and fills them in on the names and powers of their adversaries. Only, when they arrive, things don't go quite as planned. The Titans are thrown off by the fact that the adversaries display powers that are the opposite of the ones they used before. Flame Splasher shoots water, Dark Light makes things bright, and Seismatic shrinks down to the size of a Barbie doll. Despite the fact that these powers are exponentially lamer than the ones they were expecting, the Titans are caught off guard and get their asses kicked. To the victors goes the Button Gwinnett autograph, and the lame-ass crooks take off with the loot. Boo! Even more unfortunately, Aqualad's illness has taken a turn for the worse. The gang heads back to the HQ to call Aquaman for advice. The King of the Seas must have some kind of prototypical underwater WebMD because he immediately diagnoses Aqualad as having contracted Hydro-Asian flu. The Marine teen must be kept in a tank filled with distilled water until he recovers, or he could die. Oh no. As the gang starts in on Aqualad's treatment, Mal phones his girlfriend Karen. Karen's sewing something and tells Mal that the Titans are a bunch of jerks and that she'll show them. Huh. But that won't show up later. Suddenly, Joker's daughter gets yet another psychic premonition about the location of the stolen loot. She and Robin head off to investigate, but the rest of the Titans no longer trust the creepy clown lady and decide to stay put. Soon after, a TV news report informs the distrustful do-gooders of a rare coin robbery taking place in New York. Mal, Speedy, Kid Flash, and Wonder Girl rush off to investigate. When the crime-fighting quartet arrives, they find both the original trio of criminals and their opposite-powered doppelgangers. Speedy uses an icicle arrow, which both extinguishes the flames of the fire-using flame splasher and freezes the stream of his water-wielding counterpart. Wonder Girl tricks the two dark lights into punching each other out. And best of all, when Mal toots on his magic shofar, a sling appears in his hands. He goes all David versus Goliath, shoves the little seismatic in the sling, and flings him into the big seismatic's face, knocking both villains out. Hooray. I love how Mal's horn sticks to an Old Testament theme. Ooh, maybe next time Speedy makes fun of him, it'll send two she-bears out of the woods to rip apart the boy Bowman and 41 of his pals. I love fun Bible stories. With the sextet of sinister collectible thieves apprehended, the victorious titans head home to attend to an ailing Aqualad. But whatever happened to Robin and the Joker's daughter? Oh, it turns out that the psychic images that the Joker's daughter had been receiving were actually just being sent as a trap by Two-Face, who I guess is telepathic now? See, he wants to kill Robin because he hates Batman, and he wants to kill the Joker's daughter because he hates the Joker. Only Two-Face doesn't realize that the Joker's daughter is actually Duella Dent, Two-Face's daughter. So I guess he's not that telepathic after all. Yeah, I'm sure they'll explain how he sent those psychic messages in the next issue, right? 
Spoiler. Nope. And joining us once again is my good for many things brother, Corey. Corey, how's it going? It's going awesome. For the listeners at home, we are currently wearing matching, well, not matching, but complimentary red velour tracksuits. Close enough. Mm-hmm. Hey, tracksuits. Yeah, way to go. So, what'd you think of the issue? You know, it was full of twists and turns and some pretty good surprises, I suppose? Yeah, it was fine. It was adequate. I think it it got the job done. Mm. High praise indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was neither as good as some of the previous nor as bad as some of the previous. So, mm. yeah, like I said, it was fine. Mm-hmm. There were some fun things that were going on in it, though. Uh, the cover's kind of weird. Mal looks like a zombie. That looks super weird. I, I don't really know what it is about him, but it, there's something about him that looks really weird. His shofar also looks very pipe-like. Yeah, and he's wearing a different outfit, which... But I gotta say, my heart really wasn't in that. He does have a different outfit, but it's just on the cover. He's wearing a deep V-neck, I guess just green shirt with his regular orange jumpsuit pants. At least he gets a shirt. Yeah, he gets most of a shirt. It is, again, I, I, it is a running trope in comics in the 70s that black characters do not get shirts or at the very best get partial shirts. It's bizarre. If you want more information on that, uh, you should check out some of my Traveling Through the Bronze Age podcasts about first appearances of black superheroes. But seriously, it's kind of a weird trend that, yeah, black characters don't get whole shirts. I think the most weird glaring example of it was generally it's done in the form of like just like v-neck that goes down to the navel super open Mm -hmm. shirt. But there was a character named Black Goliath who had like the power girl cleavage square, but he was a dude. And so it's like you're seeing a surprising amount of like under boob from him and (laughs) just like a portion of his chest. But just like a big square cut out of the middle of his costume, which was just bizarre. Mm. Malfair is a little bit better than that. He just has a shirt that is cut open to his navel. But his his face just looks wrong. He doesn't look like Mal. And nope. he's got kind of a zombie look in his eyes. So, But other, other than that, I gotta say, pretty good cover. And overall, the art is fine. Mm-hmm. It would be completely unnoteworthy if it were not for the fact that Joker's daughter creeps me out a lot less in this issue than she did in the previous one. Although she is now, we find, somewhat psychic. A Lilith yeah. uh, stand-in and Yeah, which I way. don't like. I, it made me miss Lilith more. Also, though, I don't know why she has ESP. Like Only to her Only to dad. her dad, which, that's not a thing. People don't automatically have psychic rapport with their dad. Thank and, God. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Ugh. So many ways bad. That would be awful. I just I at every phase of my life that would be awful. There's no good. There's no, no upside. No. I mean, we've talked about that we don't want anybody to have a psychic link with us. Oh. But yeah, no. Nope. No dads. Nope. Get out. Nobody. No. <laughs> but it's not explained why her dad was able to save send psychic messages to her. Maybe it will be cleared up in the next issue. Well, but if he was specifically sending them to her, you'd think he would know that she was his daughter, which he doesn't. Because he's super surprised when he finds out. He sure is. Yeah, we will get to that later in the minutia of parts. But uh... mm. um, So, I got a question for you. Yeah. Would you rather be shot with water or fire? Hmm, that's a really tough question. 
Oh, mmm, mmm. Ooh, flamethrower or super soaker, which is the more dangerous weapon? Mm. That was why I essentially asked it's... the same question. They are not parallel. Yes, they are opposites, but one is so much more dangerous than the other. Man. It really, it's like, yeah, it is a flamethrower and a super soaker are the respective weapons of flame splasher, which, sorry, dumb fucking name. Uh... Maybe a dumb name, but if you got two guys that have to share a name, one who shoots flames and one who shoots water, Flame Splasher is probably the best you can do. <laughs> do you think they each got to choose half of the name? Yeah. Flame <laughs> Splasher. That's a Splasher is not. Yeah, bad. no, no. But it's, Flame Water. But what do you expect from a guy who fucking chooses a Super Soaker as his weapon? Yeah. As his super villain weapon. I don't. Like, what about pretty Flame Wave? Have flame Wave would be pretty good. That's um, that's hard to argue with. That's, yeah. that's a pretty. That's good a better name. name. Okay, it's but not great. But we got to work with what we got. So yeah, we got a flame splasher. Sure. And yeah, lame. Were you about to advocate for super soakers as super villain weapons? No, I was just gonna say like if I could go buy like a wrist device that didn't have any apparent hookup to other things that shot giant gout bouts of water gouts. Yeah, gouts of water. I would be. Uh... I don't think. I know gout's like a neck thing, but it's also like a no, way goiter to say is it. a neck thing. Gout is a different disease. <laughs> <laughs> gout's cause goiter. You didn't know that. Gout's. I got the gouts. Bad. Oh man, we, I used to when me and Corey went to Mexico one time, uh, and oh, I true. saved for years this tiny box of Fruit Loops that I got there, um, <laughs> that had this little diagram on the back about how it was good to eat your Fruit Loops because they had iron in them, mm. and my Spanish is very non-existent but i was able to piece this together <laughs> you know um if you do not get enough iron you will have a goiter in. oh yeah that drawing i am pretty sure that was what the the message behind eat the damn cereal yeah so you better eat your cereal or you will get a goiter anyhow yeah like a wrist held super soaker that feels like a tsunami yeah i know that would that would be pretty Fun. cool not as good as shooting fire well, and I, not as destructive. I, no, well, I'm not a villain. I'm not stealing stamps and autographs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, okay. Philately, couldn't give less of a shit. Mm. Uh, stamp collecting, eh, whatever. I do love the autograph stealing. I love that they wanted to steal specifically Button Gwinnett's signature. I am a big fucking Button Gwinnett booster. I had I was pleased they put in a little postscript about who he was. Who he was because I didn't get that. I don't know jack shit about him except for that he was uh, one of the original signers of the Declaration of Independence. And uh, one of his letters sold for fifty one thousand dollars. And those are nineteen twenty seven dollars. Damn. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Ooh. But a dude named Button Gwinnett signed our Declaration of Independence. Was it really B U T T O N? Button? Yeah. His name was Button Gwinnett, and that is all I know about him, and that is really all I want to know about him. I think he was referenced in a Mr. Show sketch at one point. Mm. But, yeah, Button Gwinnett. I don't want to know more about him. I just want to know that one of the founders of our country was Button Gwinnett. God there. bless America. <laughs> uh, God bless America. Happy Independence Day, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We covered that in our last uh, episode, recorded on the 4th of July. Oh, did we? Yes. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, whiskey. None taken. <laughs> well. Eh, oh, no, not no whiskey taken. Some whiskey taken. <laughs> I like, too, that Rosakis is establishing 
Because it's always really weird when they have New York be in the DC comics because Gotham is such an <sighs> obvious stand-in for New York. Which they try to address very, like, I think, lamely. Yeah, but I mean, it, it fits in with the other stuff that he's done, which is if there's a thing in the real world, there's a DC universe parallel to it, which he established with the Flyers and the Woodworkers, who we learn that the Flyers are going to play this half-finished nightclub. Oh yeah, Paul McCarthy is... Uh, or... Peter McCarthy. Sorry. Peter and Laura McCarthy. That's right. Is playing at the, uh, yeah, the gonna play at the Yeah, they're going to play down at the horn. <laughs> There's another thing about they're they're working on the horn. They're doing some construction. They're hanging the sign. They're doing a shitty job hanging the sign, specifically Speedy. And he's, he's being kind of a dick about what a shitty he's, job he's is doing. Is he high? Do you think or, or no? I think he's just incompetent oh. and kind of a dick. Well, but here's a weird thing. They have established that the horn is going to be their new secret headquarters. Why are they doing the construction work on the outside of the building in costume as the Teen Titans? That is an astute question. Thank you. I thought of it myself. And do you have an answer? Nope. Shit, me either. Nah, if you guys got one, send it yeah, in. Yeah, send it in. I was on the fence. <laughs> but yeah, I would like to hear it. Hey, sure. You know, that'd be fun. Everybody's got an idea. Yeah. Send your answers to that question to ttwasteland.gmail.com. For all your contacting us needs. Here's another thing. Hmm. We talked about how a super soaker is not as good as a flamethrower in a fight. Sure. I have a question for you. Okay. If you could have the power to grow five times your size or to shrink to one-fifth your size, which power do you think you would rather have uh, in a fight? Oh, it's a big one. Yeah. 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 They establish these things. Okay, Dark Light, which is a dumb name, is the only one who has a parallel power. Like, that she can control darkness or she can make it very... Control light. Mm -hmm. Like, make clouds, blackout clouds of knockout gas, or, like, blind people with bright lights. Those seem pretty comparable. I mean, you use them both to blind people. Sure. So, you know, good job. Okay. But Seismatic and Flame Splasher, (laughs) which are both terrible names... And Dark Light is not a good name either. Like, it seems like she should just be making posters look cool. She's like, uh... Yeah. Stoned again. <laughs> Whoa, look at that poster. Man. Whenever Dark Light comes over, so this like, room really pops. It's like being at the third eye in high school all over again. What was the third eye? Oh, that was before your time. That was a head shop in Southeast Portland. Oh, no, it's still there. I know the one you're talking about. They, yeah, they, they had a room. A black, black, black light black poster light room. room. Yeah, oh. where you could go in there and just, like, hang out. Nice. <laughs> Tight. Yeah. No, so all of the the first version of the villains, way it's worse and scarier and more effective yeah. than the yeah, second Yeah, than version. the second version. Although the second version... Because the small is not like Ant-Man small, it's like... Um, yeah, it's like, not like the like, Adam uh, small. Like, like Barbie doll size small. Well, it is specifically, there was a hero um, in the Golden Age named Doll Man, who oh. could uh, shrink down to be that size. There was also a series of, I believe, science fiction slash horror movies called Doll Man. Where I don't want to see any of those. That sounds from space. gross and bad. Yeah, well... A, wait, a cop from space? Yeah, he's a cop from space. He's from another world, but... Okay, maybe they're okay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I think at one point he fought the demonic toys. Mm. Dollman versus demonic toys. I hope it's better than that uh, cyborg movie. 
Oh, you mean Cyborg? Yeah, I thought of that because of Time Cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Understood. Okay. As a Van Damme connection. Sorry. No, it's okay. I understand. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant sorry everybody else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you should apologize to them. That didn't make any sense. Sorry, guys. No, I think Dollman vs. Demonic Toys is a full moon production so pretty low budget but yeah he's got like a, a shooter thing that can vaporize things he's got like a powerful ray gun maybe mm-hmm. doll man doesn't in the comic books is it doll cop i don't know i think it's just called doll man i don't like this i'm sorry it's but okay. there it does is actually relevant to this story in another aspect than just uh seismatic small version okay there is a cameo in this do you remember how in the last issue, the TV news reporter was the Creeper? Was yep. Jack Ryder, whose secret identity was the Creeper. Sure. In this issue, there's another little uh, Rosakis Easter egg that mm-hmm. he put in there. Another reporter. The, another reporter, Martha Roberts, mm-hmm. who is, in fact, Doll Girl. No uh, shit. Yeah, who is the sidekick of Doll Man, who can shrink... To, she also can shrink down to the size of, like, a Barbie doll. Ah, it's like you just told that really long joke about the parrot and the plane with the brick. I'm <laughs> <Not> getting it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. There's a really long joke that I used to like to tell about, uh, yeah, parrot plane brick. It's a shaggy dog story. And Corey just gave away the punchline, so I can't even set it up now. Um, <laughs> and you're welcome. Yeah, because really, it would just be a waste of everyone's time. It takes too long to tell. It'd just make up a joke about a parrot and a plane and a brick, and it'll be better than the one that I did. And, uh... Why don't you send it in to ttwasteland.gmail.com <laughs> for all your talking to us needs. Yeah, so let's see. My notes, I got Flame Splasher is a dumb name. Uh, what about that? I wrote down Button Gwinnett, fuck yeah. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, Hydro-Asian flu. Yeah, I wrote down Hydro-Asian flu. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm worried about Aqualad. He, he's very sick. He has the Hydro-Asian flu, which apparently... Aquaman's a real WebMD expert because they call him. It's like, yeah, sounds like. I wonder if like he will die if you don't put him in some distilled. If you water. put him in a cube of distilled water, and no, he will live if you do that. Yeah, yo, he will live if you put him in a cube of distilled water, and if you don't, then he will die. Yeah, that's a. He has very little basis that he is diagnosing that on. He looks sick. He's got a fever. Oh, it's probably this. I wonder if Aquaman is like the equivalent of like googling symptoms. Oh, you know, yeah, like it's like worst he's case. just got a flu. Yep. Don't ever call like, him. Yeah, looks like you've got a uh, brain cancer. Yep. Um, you've got all the symptoms. Yeah, I I mm-hmm. think like Aquaman's like a weird early DC WebMD. Mm. Then my I toe, mean, my toe hurts and I smell cheese. Oh no! I better look that up. <laughs> you've got <laughs> gout. <laughs> You mean goiter? I mean, you've got goiter of the gap. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, the double G's. Uh, no fun. Jesus. Mm. The two of them. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. Here's another thing. Huh. How'd Mal do in that fight against Darklight the first time? Um, I know, it was nearly I 20 minutes ago that you read that comic book. It was. It's, well, just so much happened. Yeah, right. Okay, the first fight where they go did, and did they seek them out. Mal fought the lady. He was expecting her to use darkness. She uses bright lights. Oh, yeah. Didn't go um No, so you swimmingly. can even say that he lost that fight. Oh, and therefore, he should be uh, dead. Yeah, why isn't he dead? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad he's not. He's, like, mm-hmm. my second favorite type. Yeah, I think Gargamel... I mean, uh, uh, Azrael was on... Uh, <laughs> 
I'm taking a break, smoke break, something, not paying attention. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I, but, Angela Death ostensibly has some shit to do. Yeah. He can't, like, I mean, he can't always. You wouldn't think he would ever have time to, like, just be watching Mal. Like. He got beat after doing a dick punch, though, so he's pretty. Yeah, he's invested. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that guy took my best dick punch. Makes <laughs> <laughs> me so mad. You would think that it would be something where he wouldn't want him to lose a fight, though. Because that would mean that, like, by proxy, he would be losing that. Like, like in a sports team, like, uh, I was following the, the Blazers this year. And after the Golden State Warriors knocked them out of the playoffs, yeah. I didn't want the Golden State Warriors to lose. Mm-hmm. Because then I could believe that, you know, the Trailblazers the were the second best team. They lost to the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, silver medal. Right. Um, you would think there would be a similar transitive property that Azrael would be applying where he'd just be like, oh man, if Mal loses a fight, then that means by proxy, I kind of lost that fight. Nope. Yeah, no. No, He just wants Mal to lose. He's all vindictive. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, not a fan. But, like I said, glad he was apparently momentarily distracted at least, because Mal doesn't die and he gets to, in fact, (laughs) use his horn to... This time, it doesn't teleport Titans to aid him. It teleports a sling from somewhere for him to use. That's a smart horn he's got. Man, it's like the smartest got... one we got. <laughs> <laughs> he can write cash it with his hand, dog shit with the other. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a reference to the fantastic film Vernon, Florida, which I believe is actually streaming on Netflix now. Possibly Errol Morris's first? Uh, I don't know if works. that was before or after the one about pet cemeteries. And the cop one Gates was the big one that came after. Yeah, yeah. But, very good Errol Morris documentary called Vernon, Florida. Check it out. Uh, we also get to see Karen Beecher comes back. Seems pretty cool. Yet more foreshadowing. They're really building it up. It's been they're twice. Setting up a, they're setting a few balls in the air here. We've got your Karen, Karen Beecher. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to do something. We see her sewing and saying that anybody can be a hero. I'll show the Titans. Oh, I wonder what costume. that's going to lead to. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. We've got Aqualad having the Hydro-Asian flu. That's got to be resolved somehow. Other than distilled water? Well, I mean, yeah. Like, it's setting up something to happen with that, it really feels like. Otherwise, why have him get the flu? I don't know. Maybe Rosakis is like, Aqualad, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the case. But he was the one who brought Aqualad back. Which, I do want to talk about uh, that a little bit later. The Rosakis' vision for the Teen Titans and how it has changed since the first issue that Mm. he uh, helped with the scripting on. But the other thing that is very obviously set up, this is the first really big cliffhanger that we've had, at least in a while, at least since the Gnark episode where they got lost Mm. back in time, Mm. where the issue ends with Robin and Duella Dent joker's daughter slash not the joker's daughter mm-hmm. uh being tied to a chair with uh two-faced threatening to kill them i liked that yes yeah so uh, there's really a lot of stuff that is being set up to pay off in future issues and it's kind of fun although there's part of me that misses the very self-contained each episode its own universe bob haney stories yeah but interesting stuff now i wanted to bring up the difference that has happened since Bob Rosakis took over as the, the real writer, or the the sole writer of the story, mm. since the first one, which was co-written by him and Paul Levitz. Apparently, 
That issue was supposed to be written by Paul Levitz and a guy named Nick Cotty was going to fill in the dialogue. Mm. However, Rosakis took over from Cotty and he was just writing the dialogue for this initially. And so in the first issue, it was a Paul Levitz story with Rosakis doing filling in the word balloons, basically. Mm. And that's why I think it's changed a lot of direction. And I think he didn't like the idea of Mal taking over the Guardian and wanted him to be his own hero. So that's why that was scrapped after one issue. That's why I think clearly he wanted to have Aqualad be part of the team, which is why Aqualad shows up out of nowhere in the first issue that Rosakis writes. Mm -hmm. And I I appreciate that. I appreciate Rosakis' vision for the team. And I really did not like that first issue very much. Mm -hmm. We both talked about it. The art was very subpar. And it was just kind of a nothing story. And I don't dislike Paul Levitz. I like a lot of the stuff that he wrote. But I think that Rosakis has a real love of this series and that it's kind of a, like a passion project for him. And I appreciate that. And he likes Aqualad. He likes Aqualad, so he can't be all bad. But I hope he doesn't have anything bad happen to Aqualad after him getting the Hydro-Asian flu. I hope it is really just the Hydro-Asian flu and spending some time in a box will cure it. Oh, that's right. We've reached your not having read ahead. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I can, you seem nervous. I'm a little bit nervous. Can we be okay, buddy? We'll see. You want a soda? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a lot of callbacks to events from our life. On the morning of uh, our sister's wedding... It's not intentional. Corey... It happens. I woke up Corey uh, by gently shaking his, his shoulders, and he responded by, in his sleep, punching me in the face. I did not care for that. Um, to be fair, I was having a dream that somebody was smothering me with a pillow, and I thought I was batting a pillow away. Well, you weren't. You were punching me in the face I when am. I was trying to very gently wake you. Well, a thousand times, I am sorry. Mm, maybe it'll take on the thousand and second time. We'll see. But I did get some measure of revenge because then Corey was very, very hungover, and as we were driving, uh, I uh, was very solicitous as to his health, and uh, I was like, "You okay? You need a soda?" I really you thought you were being nice over? too. I was, I was. Good. and then I just started <laughs> swerving the car erratically and, and driving back and forth, uh, which made him very nauseous, and it was. Hilarious. And it was Grandpa's car that I almost threw up in, so I really didn't want to do that. Yeah, and you didn't. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, everybody wins. So, what was your favorite dialogue? I know I've gotten beat up a little bit in the past for this, but this was light, in, in my opinion, on dialogue. So I got I got one. Okay. I'm going to give it the best shot that I got. What you got? And that's a... Uh, it comes from Speedy, who is, I think, pretty starky in this issue. Yeah. And he says... uh uh, that crazy broad is one bad cookie. I had that too. I had another piece which you referenced earlier, so that I'm surprised that you didn't write it down. Uh, so um, it's uh, Joker's daughter saying to Robin, "That was no joking matter, White Eyes." Yeah, I, I really like her calling him White Eyes. Yeah, it's a reference, I think, to the fact that when he is wearing his mask, his eyes have no pupils, um, and I kind of—it's a weird meta joke to make in the comic book, but I kind of appreciate it. That just yeah, that can be, I wrote it down too, not in dialogue, but just in my like my what the fuck yeah. notes part. But I think that's kind of cool. Mm. I, I I'm assuming she's referring to the fact meta that, before before all that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, meta before all the Deadpool malarkey. Yeah, yeah, but I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. I also did have the Robin saying, <laughs> "Yeah, I thought Robin had more smarts than that." That crazy broad is one bad cookie. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. All right. uh, so, what was your favorite panel? 
my first one is um, Flame Flame Splusher. Flame Splusher <laughs> getting a. The... It should be Flame Splusher. That is also better. That is maybe better than Flame Wave. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the the scene in which um, Speedy has used his ice arrow to mm-hmm. freeze uh, the two parallel versions of Flame and, and Splasher together. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, ah, what the fuck? This is awful. And they look horrified and weirded I, out. I did like that panel. That does not, in my opinion, compare to my favorite point in the fight and my favorite thing that happens in the issue, which is Mal using his sling to load little seismatic into it, swings it around with the sling, and throws the little dude into the big dude's face. Oh, man. You know, it's I... so cool looking. <laughs> You know, the thing it's is, so goofy. I really like it. I loved the idea of that. Yeah. But, like, artistically, the execution of it was not, I thought, as good uh, as the two guys getting that's frozen fair. together. That's fair. All right. When, I, when, wanted, I wanted that to be my favorite. Yeah, that was really I liked both of those. I liked the one where he's just swinging the little dude around in the sling a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I did like the, the wham. You don't really see the little dude hitting the big man's face it makes one of those impact flashes mm-hmm. so it looks kind of like the big dude just has a little dude for a face which is kind of weird it's pretty crazy but i still liked what was happening enough that that was i think my favorite panel i love that the show far has a sense of humor yeah it's pretty good yeah. that that show far knows what's up yeah yeah my what was your other favorite panel Ah, I almost hesitate to bring it up because it's super creepy but just in terms of impact on the reader the last panel. Yep, where I had the same one. Did you? The dad. Daddy! 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 Yeah. <laughs> it is, yes. It's two, so A close-up of Two-Face's face. It's so ugly. And in the background, you're, you're, yeah, with a giant <laughs> word bubble over it that just says, Daddy! Exclamation point. And he's like, what? Yeah, they should have used one of those, uh, the symbol that you have. Yeah, I have it. Uh, it's called an bang. A, uh, yeah, question mark crossed with an exclamation point. Instead, I think it was just a series of question marks and exclamation points. Yeah. But, yeah, pretty great. And that was the issue. So I did want to mention really quickly, we had a, a reader, Martin Gray, who I believe I've discussed in the past, wrote and mentioned in passing. He didn't actually correct me, but he did mention the fact that Tony Orlando and Don was not a duo. It was a pop band. It was Tony Orlando was the front man. Uh, and then it was... Three ladies were Dawn. So they were a band called Dawn. Oh, got it. But I was right that they did sing a version of Tie Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree. Yeah, so, you know, I did okay there. Not the best, but I... And that made me look up another thing that is not related to the issue at all, but I did want to mention. Because I always used to mix up Tony Orlando and Dawn with the Pink Lady and Jeff. I have no idea what that is. I didn't either, but it was something that I had heard of. And it turns out... Pink Lady is a drink. It is also a Japanese pop group that was two ladies that were called (laughs) Pink Lady. Oh, no. And they had a very minor hit in the U.S. It was a very big hit in Japan. And so in 1980, one of the major networks decided they wanted to have them star in a variety show and Mm. signed them to a huge contract. Not... Either not realizing or not caring that they did not speak English. Oh. And so they paired them with a guy named uh, Jeff Jeff Altman, who they hosted a variety show together that lasted five episodes. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, it was Pink Lady and Jeff, and it was where Jim Varney got his start, who later went on to delight the nation with his Ernest movies. Oh. Yeah. So, doesn't really have anything to do with, well, anything. But that's what uh, the Pink Lady and Jeff was. That's weird. It's very weird. Who's your favorite Titan? Hmm. The Pink Lady and Jeff? (laughs) Ernest? (laughs) Gosh. It's a tough one. Uh. Um, You know, I think I'm going to go with Mal just because he swings a little dude around in a sling and uh, shoots it at a big dude's head. Thought you might. Yeah, how about you? Uh, I'm going with... um... With Speedy for his crazy arrows, which included not only um, gas arrows, arrows, icicle arrows, and uh, an umbrella arrow. When did he use the, what did he use the umbrella arrow for? Um, somebody sh- uh, when uh, when Sploosh Man <laughs> shot the- right when Jeff Sploochman yeah um, I g- gave the Super Soaker treatment. He oh. was like, "Oh, I'm going to shoot this with an arrow of yeah, an of umbrella. an umbrella." Yeah, yeah. They are very lame villains. It, it, it is surprising and a little dismaying that the Titans had so much trouble with them to begin with. Mm. Like, I get that they were misscouted the second time that they fought them. Mm. But mm. the first time that they fought them, they just got their ass kicked by some pretty lame villains. Oh, yeah. There was a point, too, that I wanted to touch on about that, which was but uh, Wonder Girl and and the Joker's daughter. Yeah. Are in the dark light cloud right. together. Right, they just start punching each other. Beating each other up. Yeah, Joker's daughter should be dead. That doesn't make any goddamn yeah. sense. Yeah, Wonder Girl is a fucking Amazonian. She has crazy strength. She picked up Mount Rushmore. Literally picked yes. up a mountain. Yes, Yeah, the Joker's daughter should be dead. Ugh. Good point. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the way that Wonder Girl gets revenge. And it's kind of a... It, it's a fun panel... Where uh, makes dark light and dark light? Fight. Yeah, she makes dark the two dark lights fight each other in mm-hmm. the, their bubble of darkness, and uh, just when Kid Flash checks to see if she's okay, says, "Shh, I'm making them fight each other." Yeah, yeah, that's that was great. pretty fun, pretty great. Yeah, I'm worried about the opening of uh, Gabriel's Horn. I don't know if they're going to be able to open the place on time. What with mm-hmm. Aqualad having the Hydro Asian flu and fixing the sign, and you got to fix that sign. They did a bad job on the sign. Yeah. Um, yeah. Peter lot, McCarthy. Lot set up for uh, for the future. Mm, Should be fun. Indeed. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a delight. A real pie not made out of steel. Mm, we liked it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, still waiting on some of those York uh, medleys that you guys are supposed to be sending me. Break out Better those get cracking. Mm-hmm. Ah, man, I wish I had a Casio. Mm. And send them in any other questions, queries, or... Um, stuff. Stuff. <laughs> to ttwasteland at gmail.com for all your contacting us needs. You can also find us on Facebook. You can find us on Tumblr. You can find us on iTunes, which, hey, how about you leave us a review? That'd be nice. If you liked us. If you didn't, eh, maybe you can keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. Oh, and uh, if you feel like donating to the Patreon account, I would really appreciate that. That would be nice. We are coming up to a bit of a landmark, and there are questions as to what we are doing next. Uh, Your input would be valued, as would your money (laughs) be valued. So, uh, yes, if you wish to contact us through that and maybe uh, send a donation, which, uh, hey, 
Wouldn't hurt. You can do that at patreon.com backslash ttwasteland for all your giving us money needs. Thanks, guys. Bye. York. And they know it. Batman in The Whole World's Upside Down Topsy-Turvy Man, arch-villain, has the ability to turn things upside down. What's up is up, what's down is down, except when Topsy-Turvy's around. Suddenly everything seems Topsy-Turvy. Batman, you must help us turn things around. I'll get right on top of this situation. What goes up must come down. Loose change, tight paper money. All mine for the scooping. The big bonus? All those delicious hostess fruit pies. Look at all that real fruit filling and tender light crust. Fair warning, Topsy. I'll bend over backwards to make things right. You can stand on your head, mighty Batman, for all I care. I want all the apple, cherry, and lemon I can get. If you can't start at the top, start at the bottom. Pow! And work your way up, I always say. Things are on the up and up again. My luscious hostess fruit pie is back in my hands again where it belongs. It's hard to be up when you're down. You You get get a a big big delight in every bite of Hostess Fruit Pies. You did a good job with the Batman. Thanks. I snozzled myself. I'm sorry you snozzled yourself. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) The things we do for art. (laughs) Tell me it's for the arts, boss. Tell me.